0: funny joke
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know the pressure's on sometimes right yeah Hi, this is Cody Dagalorians. This is Neil Dagalorians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay, twice in a row. Yeah, I we know. did it. We did it. We're we're a profiling coverage. We're
0: <laughs> welcome to season twelve of Bearded Fruit.
1: Yeah, we're uh, we're so once again we're back. Uh, it is still um, stay-at-home quarantine time here in Connecticut. Um, we are still working from home and still not going outdoors. Yay. Yeah. I think this is now week seven or eight. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it seems like it's going to keep stretching uh, out into the next several weeks, too. So you'll probably get at least another five or six episodes of Bearded Fruit. You
0: might get, you know, at least one more episode out of this. Who knows? (laughs) Who
1: knows? So this week we decided to... one of Neil's ideas. Neil had an idea of this idea for this. I episode. have
0: ideas sometimes. Yeah,
1: and I thought it was a really good one. Uh, instead of kind of like diving into newsy sort of things, because the news is really depressing to listen to, and uh, it's all it's all very um uh, epidemic focused.
0: I don't know what you're
1: talking about. That uh, we would talk about our first times. Yeah, our first but
0: times. I was thinking a lot about just like how. There are lots of first times when it comes to just being a human in general, but also being queer. There there are all sorts of different kind of first times we can look at. We might talk about the sexy bits, but we'll also talk about really boring stuff.
1: So um, we've got like five different sort of first times. And I guess we'll just dive into them and share our first time experiences and, and uh, probably... Be funny. I, because uh, I'm thinking of these. I know a couple of these are sort of embarrassing for me. So, um, mm-hmm. it'll be fun times. Okay. So, the very first one is your first queer friend.
0: And when, when thinking of this, I was thinking like before you were out, you know, if that was even a thing.
1: In the time before, in the,
0: <laughs> in the dark
1: times, back in the Middle Ages. Yeah. So, so yeah, my first queer friend, the first person, well, I, they were conf- it was confirmed that they were queer later because I ran into them many years later at a gay bar in Baton Rouge, and you I were think. like,
0: "You're that girl I thought you were." Yeah.
1: So my very first queer friend was his name was Rondell. So Rondell was, uh, and this was like in. I guess elementary school was maybe when I first met him, but we didn't really become friends until middle school. Rondell was a part of a little kind of outcast nerd group with me and another guy named Jesse. And so it was the three of us. And we were kind of band nerds, uh, but also academic nerds. And uh, nobody really liked us terribly much. And... um, so we would all kind of hang out at, at our middle school there was that the playground was like really really huge but we had all these trees and there was this tree that was kind of across a little ditch. I grew up in South Louisiana so we had ditches in our schoolyard. So across this little ditch it was near a fence and it was like a, nobody came and bothered us over there so the three of us would go hang out. Yeah, we were we were outcasts nobody liked us except for each other. Rondell was my first my first queer friend
0: what 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 about being in middle school did you know outside of being confirmed later that he was queer was there anything about your relationship that kind of established this person is queer and that's okay or or something like that like like how did you know what did you experience with him that that made him because what I'm thinking is, like, the first person... This, this question is, is more so focused on, like, the first person who was, like, queer and in, in your life at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be Rondell. Yeah. So, I guess, like, how did I know? It's not, like, a, a, a good answer. It's a sad answer, really. But, like, Rondell was more feminine than the rest of us. So, uh, he was, he was like, that little femme boy kid that um, was the... He was the femme kid at school. So... Not like we ever talked about... Well, I was also in middle school at 6th, 6th grade. I didn't totally understand what queer meant. Sure. I just knew he was different, and I felt like he was different in a way similar to me because we hated the same things, we liked the same things, and I felt like his... And his experience with people who were bullies and people who were being shitty to us, they were the same. We were both being called faggot. so I figured, well... (laughs) survey says, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. One of these things might
0: be exactly like the other. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that I don't know if I have an answer to this question, even though I came up with it, because I don't have friends. Like, I didn't have any, like, solid queer friends in middle school or high school. Or even, like, friends who ended up becoming queer or being queer or whatever. I was that kid for a lot of people, I think. And in retrospect, that kind of explains a lot so like i can pinpoint the first trans person i met his name was ferris and i remember i don't remember what but i remember he had a tattoo on his wrist and he said that he wanted to be a teacher and i remember thinking wow you can be trans and get a tattoo on your wrist and still want to be a teacher that's cool We weren't really great friends, but like I I hung out with him a few times with some other friends. When thinking of this question, I was thinking like, who is the first person in my life who was queer before I had permission to be queer myself? Like, who essentially gave me permission to be queer? And like, even though Ferris didn't have much of a connection with my life, I think that was, for lack of better words, like a turning point or like some kind of like moment of before I met him I'd met gay people I'd I'd met a few gay people but like I don't know it just kind of like thinking about the first that that, that's like the only thing that came to mind that that person Ferris is the only person who came to mind when trying to think like who's my first queer friend that kind of gave me permission implicitly um to be myself and to explore myself
1: so the next one is um first gay bar
0: gay bar If I remember correctly, I was 18, as one is. And the Omaha Mining Company, also known as The Run. I don't know if it's still known as The Run. They had like an all-ages night or something like that. I don't know. I still don't know how they got away with it. (laughs) I still don't know what it was. But essentially, I went with a couple of friends. (laughs) The night ended with a tornado warning.
1: (laughs) As it should. As As it it does in Nebraska.
0: (laughs) So, like, we were in... God, it was like the basement area. And I mean, I've never felt comfortable at a gay bar or any bar for that matter, for multiple reasons. But like, what was interesting about this experience was that I felt like I should be comfortable or like, oh, this is where my people are. This is, and I was with queer friends and I was like, okay, this is where I should be. This is where my people meet and hang out with each other and in reality it was just like a very anxious time followed by an even more anxious time because tornadoes. I don't think I went to another gay bar until I was 21. I think I I was like, okay, I can live without this for a bit. <laughs> I'm I'm all right with this. I can I can stay away for a moment. So that's what I did.
1: My First gay so okay so there are two because one is kind of a uh, the prequel gay bar and then the one that I really think is my first gay bar so the first the prequel bar I was taken to a place called the Blue Note uh, which is and I grew up in South Louisiana so it's a South Louisiana bar it's called the Blue Note and I was taken there by my friend Todd and uh, my friend Randall and they thought it would be fun if we all went to the gay bar none of us I think well Todd was out the other two of us maybe not so quite and it was. Uh, It was literally like every gay bar that has ever existed it was tiny and dark and mostly black thing like black walls and everything was really dark and the music was crappy and i had a couple drinks and it was really crowded and i felt weird and uncomfortable but also excited about the experience too because it was the first time i'd ever been in a in a room with other queer people that weren't hiding what they were doing Hmm. So my first, the proper gay bar that I consider my first gay bar the fir- is the first one I went to by myself, and it was a, a gay bar in Lafayette called C'est La Guerre, which if you don't know French means that's war, and uh, it was the jankiest place I've ever been to in my entire life. As it, as it should be. As it should be. It was this wildly, uh, I think it was in like portable Buildings. I think it was like a couple portable buildings that were connected together that were then outfitted as a as a gay bar,
0: like like elementary school portables. Yeah, like huh? I, I feel like because I feel like
1: it used to be some kind of like officey sort of space that was then converted into this queer bar space. And uh, I went after work one night by myself. It's first time I went to a gay bar by myself, and it was a weekday night, like a Tuesday or something. So literally nobody was there. It was me, the bartender, and a drag queen. Named Paul, yeah, and like that—that that gay bar experience really meant a lot to me. I wrote about it in a in a show of mine called Feminine Side, a solo show that I I did many many moons ago. But um, it was the first time I I sort of lived in the in the world as an openly queer person. And I sat down next to Paul. Well, I didn't sit down next to Paul. I sat down across the bar. But then Paul made me come and sit next to her to him and then we talked, it was the first time I had like a real conversation with, uh, a queer person who wasn't my contemporary and who wasn't a friend of mine in another way. And we just talked about like our lives. I told him that I was like in the, cl- I was still in the closet kind of, and, uh, but not, maybe not quite, but I, I, maybe I was gay, but I wasn't really quite sure, even though I was totally sure. And Paul told me about his straight boyfriend who wasn't treating him right. And, and it was this, um, it was actually like a like a it was a scary but really lovely experience.
0: Poor Paul. Yeah. I hope yeah. Paul's okay. I
1: hope Paul's okay too. Paul probably is no longer with us consider. He was he was a lot older than me. So I would suspect that Paul is maybe not with us anymore. Cuz it's been a good it's been a good it's been a good couple days since I've been out. Uh but uh, yeah, a very formative experience over at C'est La Guerre. You want to talk about fucking? Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about fucking um so this next first is uh first time sleeping with another man okay so actually my stories start to tie together my queer life is an interwoven
0: tapestry a
1: tapestry of an afghan of tales um okay so the first guy i ever slept with was todd who took me to blue note the blue note um I wasn't living at home at the time. I was living elsewhere, and um, Todd and I were hanging out, and uh, we 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 were drinking because that's a thing that I did almost in, like incessantly when I was a young person.
0: And it's also Louisiana. Like, it's also Louisiana. It's that's what you a cultural do. thing. It's what
1: you do. Todd came over to hang out at my at where I was living. He took my bed, and I agreed to sleep in uh, in the on, the on the floor in the living room because. I was yeah you know, being a proper proper southern, I was being a proper southern lady and uh be very respectful, but I really wanted to to have this first time experience and I wanted to do this and i was I was into Todd and he was a nice guy and so like in the middle of the night, I got up and I went to my room where he was sleeping and asked if it would be okay if we shared the bed and then we did and it was a waterbed, and then mind you. you. Shared yeah. The bed. <laughs> yeah, it was a waterbed that too. That sounds awful. Um, no, it was actually kind of great. And so then we we slept together. He was the first person, the first uh, first person I ever slept with, and um, I had sex with. And it was it was like a, you know how like there are a lot of other experiences that you remember all the details. I only remember one detail, and it was that like I remember. When he took his dick out, I went, oh no, because it was, it was really big and I was like, well, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) I, I, uh... Sir, what are you going to do? I don't know. I was like, uh, I had initial ideas. I had initial like uh, theories about what might be occurring. This was not part of the, this was not part of the theoretical portion of how this would go down.
0: You chalkboard in the corner where you're doing your equations. And I had to
1: like quickly rub, I had to like erase it. Yeah, um, he was very well endowed and, and I freaked out a little bit, but that's the only thing I remember. I don't remember if it was good or if it was fun. But I just remember that it was happen it happened it and sure was. And he was big. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is where I get to be like all vulnerable and shit. Um my first time I was seventeen and I posted a Craigslist ad. And that is how I found his name was Tim. And I specifically put that I wanted somebody who was you know, older than me because I had never been interested in people my age. But I think I put a cap at like 35. I was like, I don't want anybody older than 35. And homeboy was in his mid 40s. And I was just like so desperate for affection and for like the touch of another man that I was like, I don't care, whatever. And it was interesting. I drove to a part of Omaha I'd never been to before And I went to the door, and he didn't tell me he had roommates, but luckily they were all sequestered. But in the midst of the act, somebody knocked on his door because they were curious, and they wanted to know who this boy was. Um, And he went, I'm busy. And that is, like, a very memorable moment. I also remember, like, he was playing really bad country music, and... Honestly, he was a fat Joe exotic. <laughs> like to the T. Weird earring piercings. He didn't have the eyebrow, but like that's that's super country, even though he was in Omaha. That's super like way about him. <laughs> there there was leopard print everywhere. <laughs> nice. Like there were cowboy hats. It was it, it watching tiger king was triggering if only because <laughs> i was like oh and the thing about this too is that i actually dated the guy for like a year and a half and then was like i'm crazy <laughs> i clear I, I mean i didn't love myself so let's <laughs> go um but i it was it was definitely one of those moments where i was just like this is me trying to find love and validation and affection in my body in any way I possibly can. And this was the first person who said that they would give that to me. And I was like, yes, this is the one. He's the one. He wasn't the one. Um, or the two,
1: even. <laughs> um, They never really are. No. They never really. They may be the first, but they're definitely not the one. No. No. Uh, in The next first... Your first time finding the bear community.
0: And I have this in quotes because it was a, it was hard to type that because I, I know we've, we've talked about, quote, the bears. But at the same time, inarguably, we found each other because of the bears mm-hmm. and this whole bear identity. I remember <laughs> there was this website called Liquid Generation, and it was like... Early 2000s humor website. I think it still exists. Um, and they made like flash animations and games and things like that that were adult oriented and whatnot. And they had a quiz that you could take and it was, um, Are you gay? And I was literally like, Oh, this will tell me. Cause I'm like 10 or 11. And I'm just like, I need to know. And this internet quiz on this humor site that I know is a satire because critical thinking skills. And, and one of uh, the questions was like, do you spend time Googling like leather bear daddies in harnesses? And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, I clicked no, but then I Googled that and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I like this. I'm okay. Hello. And that's kind of where I found my aesthetic appreciation of men was like through this weird moment on the internet in the early 2000s and then like from there homeboy that i just talked about was quote quote a bear um and so like from there it was a matter of just like finding websites like bear 411 and checking off things on adam for adam or whatever and and just kind of like ex- exploring that that notion of self identifying as a bear or a cub i used to have a trophy cub shirt it's still around here somewhere i mm-hmm. think i think it's in one um, of the
1: the, the It's either that
0: or it's like in my studio or something like that. Cause I was like, I'll make art out of this. And then, yeah, like, like into college and stuff. I think I never like got invested in it by any means. Like there are the dudes who go to the clubs and like the, the bear runs and those things. I never did that. I never did any of that, but like, it was just a thing where I'm like, okay, this is maybe my like aesthetic sexual. This is my interest. This is where
1: I am in the world. For me, it's two sort of discrete places. One is online, as that was really the first place because I grew up in the in the AOL online time. For me, using using the internet as a tool to figure out who I was and what I was sort of into, uh, and the place that I discovered what a bear was was a site called a porn site called Bearload. I'm familiar. <laughs> So, Bearload. For those who don't know what Bearload was or is, I mean, it still sort of exists. It still exists. So, what Bearload was, it was a, it was a, a, a picture-only porn site where you, on, on one side, there was like a little, the, we call them, there were frames, right? On the, the left side, there was a frame with daily updated pictures of naked dudes who were kind of chubby and hairy, and then you could like scroll through them, and that's what you could whack off to. Uh, if you so chose the logo for bear load was actually the word bear load spelled out in kind of these white cummy kind of letters. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, so bear load, it was a whole thing. And uh, that was, that was the first place that I understood that I, I, that was like, it was hot to me. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's the kind of guy that I'd want to have sex with. And it was probably the first time that I understood that being a gay person meant you could want you could have sex with somebody who wasn't a muscle-bound perfectly sculpted body shape and that or like a hella twink right like there there was a place I was like okay I I'm into that so great I can I can have sex with that kind of person that's awesome but also someone may want to have sex with me because I look more like these guys than I do uh, the twinks that I was seeing in other places or the, the muscular men that you, you know, when, when you're, when your like initial kind of jack off material is underwear ads or underwear packages in the target or wherever, or the Walmart or the Kmart, I guess in my time, um, Venture. <laughs> then, you know, you, 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 you form this idea that that's who you're going to have sex with and that's who you have to sort of be or find. And bare was the first place that I found um, other kinds of guys. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I have a
0: more embarrassing website. Mm-hmm. Bear or not. And it would show you a picture and you can rate it one to 10, whether or not the picture was showing a bear.
1: Uh, I feel like that is currently the bear community today.
0: No, no, it's, <laughs> it's very much so like a precursor foreshadowing <laughs> like thing. And I just yeah. remember like clicking through a bunch and just being like, Oh, that's a 10, but you can't click on it yet because then it goes away and it shows you the next one. So you got to, um, you know, wait and yeah. sit there for a minute with your feelings.
1: <laughs> The person who helped me kind of understand, like, it was was cool to kind of identify in some way as a bear was my first boyfriend, Guy, who is, like, honestly, Guy's, like, quintessential bear type. So, like, currently imagine what a bear looks like. It's him. That's Guy. (laughs) He looks like that. And um, I was all... He was was best friends with one of the drag queens in Lafayette. Her name was Eureka Fish. And uh, in, like eureka could be con- in, in boy drag could be considered a bear too so i was hanging out in my formative time with the first queer people i was really close to they were also bears and they were also like comfortable in their bodies and um as good times
0: then they were comfortable in your body
1: no neither was oh uh, yeah.
0: well then you were comfortable in their body uh- <laughs>
1: I think yes that I think that'd be correct it was
0: I mean I wasn't actually saying penetration Mm -hmm. I was just saying you know sex happened yeah whatever okay
1: bye so the last one is first time coming out to a colleague now I want to I'm going to take a different approach to this one because um if you listen to the podcast or know me in life you know that I have multiple queer identities and coming out experiences and so this one I don't remember the first time I came out as queer to a a colleague i feel like i was always kind of out to people uh but the first time that i came out to colleagues as an ace person asexual person so if you don't if you don't know i identify uh, on the asexual spectrum i kind of primarily identify as gray sexual but uh, what <laughs> yeah check back previous episodes um so the first time I went through the the experience of like understanding it for myself, and then also coming out to to you in that way, but the first time that I told colleagues, I was at a uh, I run a I run a, a literary festival called Story Fest through the library, and I was at a Story Fest meeting with my. Uh, my coworker and best friend Alex, and my two teacher friends who also work on Story Fest with us, Rebecca and Kim, and I don't know what we were really talking about or whatever, but there was a an entry point into the conversation to share that I had recently come out as asexual, and I uh, was super freaked out about it because I thought they were going to think it's weird or it was going to kind of kill the mood or anything. Uh, but I took it and I came out to them as, as being on the asexual spectrum and they were incredible. They asked a couple of questions. They were super supportive and, um, uh, they're just awesome. And if you, if you know me at all, or if you've listened to the podcast, you know, that I hold my, my male friendships in incredibly high regard. Those Friendships mean a great deal to me and uh, I don't think I've ever had a better friendship than I have ever had than I have with Alex and to have my best friend be really cool about not only me being queer but also to like create a supportive space for me to also be ace and i feel like like i could be anything maybe not a serial killer although but i think you might find that cool that would be on brand that'd be kind of on brand but like it it it, uh it was nice to go to to where i hoped would be my safest place or one of my safest places and have it be exactly what i hoped it would be and my friends provided that for me and that was very cool
0: my story isn't nearly as interesting at all it's very boring it was um orientation week my freshman year of college and this was before I was at UNL so I was at the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design and I forget how the conversation came up but somebody was like oh you must have a crush on her then and I was like actually funny you mentioned that because no it's really embarrassing to say now but like I used to pass (laughs) And used to like strive for passing. I think most most people can identify with that. But like I used to be, I'm not like one of those other girls. I just, I'm not like those other gays. I like rock music and I'm just like not like one of them. So like people legitimately didn't believe me for a minute because of the kind of mask I was wearing. And so even in coming out, people didn't necessarily believe me. They thought that I was joking. Which was very interesting because I was like insistent, no, like I've had penis in my mouth, but like it, it, it was just like a very. I remember at the time thinking like, haha, I did it, I'm doing it, I'm fooling people. But like looking back on it now, it's just kind of like I'm at this moment right now in my body where I'm like, I want, (laughs) I want people to visually know, (laughs) like I want people to see me and be like, that's a homo, Maury. So it's very interesting, like, the different relationships I have with my queerness now that I did then. It was just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, oh, no, I'm a unique special snowflake because I'm not like other gays. So um, that is something to revel in, as well as the safety that passing provides. So that's my boring story. You have, like, a whole touching, you know, like, friendship, Monsters, Inc. moment. And I have just like, a yeah, people didn't believe me.
1: Okay, but uh, those, to be fair, I'm also a writer, and I do have a tendency to take my boring life and turn them into fairly compelling narratives. It was 2008. <laughs> you know, like, Milwaukee's I can take historic the- historic third war. Yeah, like, I mean, I, the, to some degree, I can take-
0: I'm just like, like, I'm a writer, so I'm just like better at speaking than you, <laughs> and I'm just like better mm, at putting words together than you, nah, so like, right. it really sucks to be you when it comes to talking.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't have to say it-hmm at least it's out there now. What I think is kind of fun about talking about uh, first times is something that we've we've talked about on previous episodes around the notion of coming out, but I think it's true about first times too that for 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 queer people it For some of these, there is really like only the first time. But for some of them, the first time happens over and over and over again because we live in this world where our default assumption is that other people are straight or at least other people assume that our default is always straight. And so while while there maybe is never a first time sleeping with another man, like coming out to a colleague, that's a first that happens over and over and over and over and over again.
0: I remember the first time that I was referred to as your husband- to a child it was at no east 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 windsor east East windsor at their little theater thing and like one of the teachers was like this is neil's this is cody's husband neil and i was like oh that's a thing that happens Mm -hmm. people can introduce people as husbands interesting
1: and i think it's also it's also valuable to remember that you know even Throughout your life, you continue to have queer firsts again and again. There, uh, I think I'm thinking of like coming out as ace. I have had this entire whole experience again that I originally had in my 20s for something else, but now I'm not in my 20s. I'm in my mid 40s now. I've um, got an entire whole experience for you. I'm yes, I'm I'm sure you do. But did you miss the part that I'm ace? <laughs> What? <laughs> Sorry, uh. did you miss the previous sentence? I did you miss the last chapter?
0: I must have wholly
1: disregarded it. I suppose so. And on that pun, that's that's it for this episode of, of Bearded Fruit. As always, we are incredibly grateful for your continued support of the podcast. We hope that you keep listening and we hope that you sh- spread the word. Sh- spread. Please sh- spread the word about Bearded Fruit to your friends or other other people you think who would enjoy the podcast. You can now listen to Bearded Fruit on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Play Music. And you can continue to find us on iTunes as well. Find us in any of those places. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the the podcast and find us online you can uh, find bearded fruit on twitter at bearded fruit pod you can find me on twitter at c daigle orians i'm just neil makes things and you can head over to the bearded fruit website which is bearded fruit.com say hi to us let us know that you're listening uh send us your first time stories we'd love to hear them we would love to hear them pictures (laughs) send pictures from Bearload. thanks so much (laughs) No, please don't send. I don't know. Maybe do. You can send. I don't know. Surprise us. (laughs) Surprise us.
0: If you are over the age of 18, send us whatever you want.
1: Surprise us. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.